1: In a little over an hour, Governor General Julie Payette will deliver the throne speech in the Senate chamber. We expect to hear commitments to more health care spending with a focus on child care and long-term care, as well as plans to rework the current emergency benefit and employment programs and some plans for rebuilding the economy, plans that likely include embracing the so-called green economy. So what do the Conservatives need to hear in order to support the government? With me now, Conservative MP and Deputy Leader of the Official Opposition, Candice Bergen from Portage, Lisger, Manitoba. Hello, and thank you so much for being with us. Hi,
2: Libby. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so what do you need to hear? Well, there are three main components uh, that we're going to be looking for. First and foremost, we we feel very concerned for... Individual Canadians who really have been left behind under, um, many of, uh, of the Liberals, um, responses to the pandemic. I mean, I'm thinking of, you know, families in my riding who don't know what they're going to do once the mortgage deferral, uh, program comes to an end. I'm thinking about single moms or single dads who are having to decide, do I take those extra shifts? I know at at at, uh, at at the subway where I work, or how am I going to pay my rent? I'm I'm thinking, you know, Libby, we're thinking about workers in in Alberta, the, the the worker who wants to get back to work, and there's no jobs still in the oil and gas sector. Um, I'm thinking of farmers, you know, that's a, a huge part of our economy, who have left been left behind by these liberals. So we're looking for uh, not. Not for the Liberals to pick winners and losers, but to not leave people behind who need not only help, but hope. Secondly, and I think as importantly, is the country is very divided and we need to see some unity. We need to see language from the prime minister that will bring unity and action from the prime minister that will unite Canadians and not divide us any further. And then the other part of it is uh, we definitely are concerned in regards to the massive amounts of spending. Um, the Liberals haven't done a very good job with our economy when times were good. And so we're very concerned that during tough times, they don't have the ability to make wise decisions and also make decisions that are not necessarily in the best interest of their friends and their well-connected elites, but in the best interest of Canadians and Canadian taxpayers. So those are sort of three broad areas uh, that we're going to be looking for some some action on.
1: Well, if... If they are going to present something that doesn't, as you say, leave anyone behind, so expanding eligibilities, how do they keep a lid on the spending, which is, uh, you're right, it's uh, completely out of sight.
2: Well, I think there's more to us helping people than just uh, giving more, more um, uh benefits although benefits during a very difficult when the, when the pandemic first hit we absolutely support and continue to support but they need to be broadened so that we're actually helping small businesses who are providing jobs that's why it's it's important to look at the different sectors that are being affected and and helping those small businesses you know for example direct direct support to small business owners uh who have to pay rent not necessarily Directly to the landlord, but rather to the small business owner. Uh, and then when I talk about that single mom, for example, her challenge is, do I go to work? Because if I do, uh, the cover, this government's gonna be clawing back my CERB. So we're not talking about necessarily just bigger checks, but actually helping solve the challenges. Um, listen, there, there is no way that we can withstand another economic shutdown. The country can't, and it's incumbent on the government to show that they have a plan for the second wave and as this pandemic continues. And one of the problems too, Libby, is they made a lot of mistakes on the onset, the onset. They were slow to react, and much of that caused a ripple effect and caused other pro- problems, even for the provinces, for example. And we haven't seen the liberals admit that. And then say that they're going to do things differently. So um, I, I think that there's obviously um, challenges that that, we're, that are being faced, and some of them are in real time, and the government definitely has to respond to them. But we're, you know, we're nine months into this pandemic, and the government needs to be providing real solutions and show that they have a real plan. Well, your party has said that you don't think that we need.
1: An election right now, and and a matter as a matter of fact, and unfortunately, and we wish him uh, the best. Your party leader has COVID and and won't mm-hmm. even be there for the throne speech, which is very unfortunate. So doesn't that basically give them a, a free pass?
2: Well, you're right. It is. It's uh, very unfortunate that both our leader and the block leader uh, are are having to be at home and they're um, they're fighting uh, COVID. Um, you know, I think that there is uh, enough that we can do in the House of Commons, and there are things that our leaders doing. doing. Uh, we are continuing to hold the government to account. Uh, but I, I don't think the Prime Minister would be uh, reflect well on him if he uses that, if he uses the fact that his opposition has COVID uh, in a politically opportunistic way. I, I think that he needs to show that he is putting... The country first, and not his own agenda and his own um, self promotion. So that's incumbent on him to be responsible with the very high office and the very high calling that he uh, he is he has.
1: Do you believe him when he says that he does not want an election because? Uh other than the We Charity scandal, and I guess we'll get to that, uh, his numbers are pretty good. And there was speculation: hey, they'd love to have, a, yeah, love to have an election now. Do you believe Listen, him that he does? I'll
2: just answer with this: um, I've been working. Uh, I've been elected since uh, Justin Trudeau was elected in two thousand and eight, and obviously I've been in, in opposition while he's been in government. Um, much of what he says, I don't believe, and has proven to be untrue. So uh, this is a man that says whatever he thinks people want to hear. And many, many times it proves to be untrue. So I, I think that that in and of itself speaks for, for a lot. He'll do what he thinks is in his best interest and then probably say something completely different.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, are you satisfied that we would be ready for an election? I, I have, it was a few weeks ago now. I uh, did an interview with Elections Canada. and uh,
2: I'm not sure that we are ready to pull it off yeah I agree with you. I think that there would be uh, a lot of logistical concerns around an election during a pandemic and uh but make no mistake libby if if the prime minister is trying to engineer his own defeat if he thinks that it's going to be good for him to go to the polls uh we'll be ready. Our leader will be ready we will be ready. We have a very professional uh ethical uh compassionate team of of uh m p s and those who would be running for us and uh we would be ready if that's what he he would try to do. But as we've said, we want to put the needs and the the interests of Canadians before all else. And we don't think right now an election is in the best interests of Canadians at this point.
1: Have you figured out who was going to respond
2: to his televised address later tonight? we're still working on that uh there uh, obviously are some pretty big challenges and you know it will be interesting to see why the prime minister decided that on a day like today where we have the speech from the throne he has many opportunities to address canadians uh it will be um interesting and we're curious to see why he felt it vital that he would have to go to the airwaves uh in the evening and and during a time with when both uh, our leader and the block leader are are in isolation
1: what, um, what's the situation with the We Charity scandal? Uh, do you think that that is over, or is there life
2: left in that? Are Canadians still thinking about it? Well, I think it's clear when the Prime Minister prorogued Parliament and shut down all of the committees that he was very concerned with what was coming out through the committee process. He had shut down Parliament previously to that, but committees were, were running and there was uh, a lot of information that was coming out and documents were just going to be released. So uh, the fact that they are now the Liberals are really pushing back and, and balking at uh, resetting the committee process shows that they're worried about what might come out. Uh, there are other um, issues and questions around the uh, Prime Minister's Chief of Staff Her husband's uh, uh, lobbying of the government and uh, a company, um, supposedly the company that he worked for, benefiting from some of the Liberal programs. So there's um, a lot of questions to be asked around all of the spending that the Liberals are doing. Where's the money going? Is it getting to people who need it? How much is going to well-connected and uh, well-positioned? Liberals or uh, those who lobby for the Liberals. And the committees are a vital part of finding that out. And we're pushing very hard to have those committees set up. And we believe that there's, there needs to be uh, more questions asked and answered on the WE scandal.
1: And uh, finally, because, of, of course, the most important thing is the response to covid are you satisfied that they're prepared for a second wave? Uh, they seem to be pretty slow to make deals for whatever vaccine might come. Are you satisfied that that is in order and that public health is on top of it and, and the health minister?
2: We're not. We're not satisfied, and and as I mentioned, part of that concern on our part comes from the fact the Liberals made some pretty grave errors initially, whether it was on shutting down the border, whether it was on uh, PPE and sending PPE uh, to China and not making sure that we had that, and then confusion around wearing masks, for example. I mean, these were very vital points in in a pandemic and the liberals made bad decisions they were slow to act they didn't take advice of the opposition and others so when you uh, look at, at at what the liberals have done it doesn't give us confidence that they're going to proceed uh, in a wise way and um you know another example of challenges is is testing and being able to have access to testing and, and making sure that that testing has been properly uh, reviewed and, uh, and is effective. The government's had almost nine months to do some of these things, and they haven't done it. And that's very concerning. So we don't feel like everything's okay. We don't. We, we think that there are still tens of thousands of Canadians who are very worried and who are struggling with, what am I going to do with my kids? How am I going to get back to work? How am I going to pay the mortgage? Because even though the payment's deferred, I still have to make those payments. Uh, What about my business loan that uh, I got an additional small business loan, but I'm going to have to pay that back? There are a lot of concerns around the economic side and around the health side, and we don't have confidence that they are going to address it properly.
1: Okay. We are totally out of time. Candice Bergen, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Libby. It was nice chatting with you. Nice chatting with you, and that's all the time we have for today.